This is I don't I don't think I don't think Guy was trying to be a jerk in his text message when he said stay in your lane. I, I don't I don't think so. But the nine one eight took a little offense and writes to the dude or dudette that said stay in your lane. So we have a top golf night, let beer bellies bounce golf balls all over the stadium. The stadium is an expensive asset that takes a lot of money, even when sitting vacant. Fill the stadium with as many events as possible throughout the year. OU Athletics in the city of Norman can use the dollars. And then uh, Mustang Casey. As cool as it would be to play there, the grounds crew at Owen Field will throw a fit if they have to tear up grass and put down a bunch of dirt for just one game. Mustang Casey. Well, I don't think they would throw a fit. <laughs> I don't think Jason Ferris and the crew would throw a fit, but it would take a lot of money. I mean, what would what would you guess? I have a dollar. Uh, I, I have a dollar I, figure in mind. I have a dollar figure in mind. You tell me whether for one game to reconfigure just a portion of okay. Owen Field. Yeah, what talk, would, talk to me. What do you think? I, I would say close to three hundred thousand dollars. Now. Would it be worth it? Sure, why not? <laughs> but with the all, right attendance, with the right attendance. But I just, I don't know. You know, in that instance, in that instance, w- would you have to? And I don't know if you can do this or not. But can you have a a pre-sell or at least a tease sell where it is? Oh, you softball is going to play two games at Owen Field. Our go- our goal is to break the. Uh, all-time attendance record. You would for, have to, right? It's if if you're committed to buy a ticket, click this link, and then so that way you're able to say, okay, uh, here's the interest. Exactly, and I don't even know if that's allowed or if that's legal or not, but yeah, and true sooner, right? Stay in your lane is of usually a very negative comment towards something. That is true. I get told that quite a bit whenever I start to try to talk about well, agriculture things. Stay in your lane, plank. I'm like, I got a garden, bro. I don't have to stay in my It's lane. associated with LeVar Ball, so. Oh, is that what it was? Is yeah, that what... he told that woman, oh, stay yeah. in your lane. What, Krista Thompson, I think? By the way, um, speaking of that, this shows you how little I watch or, or catch the Colin Coward show. Um, I happened to be home after the show yesterday, and he was on. Did you know the big lead guy is now his co-host on his radio show, Jason McIntyre? Huh. It's the most painful thing I've watched, and I've watched a lot of bad TV. I've watched Meet Wally Sparks. People watch that, I guess. We have the TV shows. Oh, gosh, Snoop Dogg is on with Stephen A. Smith this morning. Guys, quit making Snoop Dogg come on TV shows and talk. He just wants to get high and chill and watch events. Leave him alone. Leave Snoop alone. But, yeah, I mean, it's just stay in your lane. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't think it was meant negative towards the Sooners. All right, the softball team. All right, here you go. David from Norman writes, Owen Field has a crown on it. They would need to bulldoze the whole field flat. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we'd be going that far, bro. <laughs> I don't think we'd be going that far with what would have to happen. Two more on this, and we're going to move on. Um, Camo Sooner. Here's the real question. If they were to play a softball game in the Palace, would Plank call the game or would he be the sideline reporter? Or or maybe Plank could call the game while working the sideline. Um, I, I think an event like that, you would want the stars calling it. I'm sure that I'm sure that I would be relegated to uh bullpen catcher duty if that were the case. 
You'd have to have Toby calling it, man. That'd be big time. All right, uh, listen. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You wouldn't call it? I doubt it. I mean, in Owen Field. Come on, man. I would. Oh, I mean, maybe you guys could like jointly call the action. I would have to. I mean, you would I, have to be involved. I would play by play guy. I I need my binoculars to basically see the outfield now. Could you imagine me trying to call it from the booth? By the way, this is very good. This is very good from Gunny. Gunny writes, I know bad TV. I watch Pluto TV. Bro, at about 12.30 last night, I fell in a Pluto TV rabbit hole, man. I was watching American Gladiators. I didn't realize they had a cops channel. I mean, oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because it kind of takes you back a little bit. 2020, 20, I'm sorry, I just looked at a text message when I was trying to talk. Uh, commercial, there's commercials in it. So you're watching, and all of a sudden it'll go to a commercial break, and you try to fast forward, and you're like, oh. It won't let you. Oh, look at this. You have to, you I gotta have watch, to com- watch. Well, it's, I used to complain about this. Now I kind of like this. Or you could uh, probably pay and not watch commercials. 10 Yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of I'm sure there's some sort of membership on there. All right, I had a chance to sit down with Tom Luganville of ESPN. I love Lugs, one of my favorite guys. And we – we got into a conversation about the transfer portal. So it's a good little 10-minute chunk here. Uh, for, for context, Lugs is all over the, the Cruton world still, but it's become more about the portal and those kinds of debates and conversations in which uh, Lugs scouting and helping out on that front. So here is we, – we got into a portal conversation, and it – Started with just a massive amount of guys in a spring portal, and if we're going to see this spring portal become a big deal, yeah, the numbers are up. And well, listen, let me first answer that question by saying what happened to Colorado is not what any of us signed up for. No, that's not what this was meant to be. That's not that. That's not how this thing's supposed to go. And you hit the nail right on the head, Chris. The whole purpose of the portal is to improve your roster. Well, I've seen the portal daily. <laughs> I track it like crazy. And Colorado didn't sign a Bear Alexander. No. Right? Colorado didn't sign uh, uh, Campbell Barrington at left BYU. It's going to Baylor. It's going to be a high draft choice. We're not talking about improvements that they're going to be bringing in. How in the world are they going to bring in any type of player, caliber of player, that is eligible to play this fall that's a significant upgrade? Or let's just say even on equal footing with the players that they dismissed from the program. It's not happening. They're not out there. Right. And so, you know, I I think we're going to continually see either the numbers level off. I think it'll be cyclical at times where we'll have one period. It'll be, we'll have a bunch of guys jumping in and then we'll have another period that for some reason, that's a down cycle. I I think that's kind of the nature of, of all of this, but what I do hope that we see more of, because sooner or later, the hard, hard lesson is going to be that the grass isn't always greener and you think that you're disgruntled or you're not playing and you don't have a place to be. So you're going to go into the portal and then you just think your whole entire recruiting process is going to start over and you're going to have all these options. Well, let me tell you something. You won't. Mm-hmm. There's no scholarships. There's nowhere to go. If you're going to go somewhere, you might likely be tra- transferring down. Yeah. Right. And so I'm hoping – a lot of the adults in the room, I'm hoping that kids can start to see what didn't pan out for these kids of which 50% do not find a landing spot when they go into the transfer portal. 
That's brutal, man. That's the brutal reality of it. You're seeing consistent growth of the numbers of names that are in the portal from 2,647 and 21 to 3,083 and 22 to 3,252 now and 23. And there's 70, 70 FBS level quarterbacks who are currently uncommitted in the transfer portal with at least a two star rating. 25 of those are from the power five level. And now when you step back, Luke, you got to ask, you know, are we in a position now where you ask how many of those guys are in there because they want to be or how many guys are in there because they're told to be? I mean, with Dion and the right. running off conversation, that becomes even more magnified now. You're getting the, the ability to go whenever you want, but you're also the ability now has been allowed or at least taken advantage of by certain programs to say, it's not really a spot here for you. Not really a spot yeah. here for you. You just referenced 25 quarterbacks that are transferring for power five schools and they haven't signed anywhere. They haven't committed to anywhere. Why is that? Probably because they're not viewed as an upgrade. So there's, there's going to be limited options. And, um, and, and quite honestly, from a quarterback perspective, if, if, if you're a, a, a highly touted kid coming out of high school, like a Tyler Buckner was right. Okay. So Tyler Buckner is pretty highly touted. Doesn't play his senior year in high school because of COVID. He's from Southern California. Shows some flashes, does some some good things. But he was a kid that everybody recruited coming out, right? So mm -hmm. he's going to get attention right off the bat because he's young. He's got several years of eligibility, and he's played some football already. But if you weren't a highly touted guy, all right, and you're at a Power 5 school and you haven't played, all right, or even if you've played a little bit, if you weren't heavily recruited before, what's the incentive to recruit you now? It's a great question. And it's one that I think a lot of these guys are going to be challenged with over the next couple of years. Here's one other note. Um, Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne entered the portal. Yep. Nebraska, former Texas quarterback Casey Thompson's in the portal. A lot of people have already pointed at Auburn at a possibility for both of those guys. Is there a chance either one of them could land in the Big 12, Lugs? Eh, I feel like Big. I feel like we're pretty set in the Big 12 with what the quarterback situations yeah. look like, right? Right, and the and the thing is, okay, you're transferring because you want to play. You've right. obviously seen the writing on the wall, and now you have to find a place where there's a significant need and an opening where that staff thinks you're better than what they have. Especially, especially Chris, if you have limited years of eligibility left. Right. You got to go, right? You got to play. You're running out of time. Right. But then, but the flip side of that is, do you want a one and done guy that doesn't do any good for you establishing depth and continuity at the position for your program? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the devil's always in the details in this, and there's a lot of tentacles that – and it's not just quarterback. It's position by position. It's uh, it's everywhere. But the, the, the reality is uh, – so, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you a prime example. Here's a, here's a good team. I'm going to use BYU because I actually think BYU did pretty well in this cycle, okay? But they lose the, Cam the, the Barrington brothers, Okay. Uh, Campbell and then the other one, the one's younger, the older one's a pretty established guy. He's going to be a really, really good player. Okay. They lose both of those guys to Baylor. So they go out in the transfer portal. What do they got to do? They got to replace them, right? Replace those guys. Yeah. And, and they got to replace them. 
in their minds, hopefully with equal or better than what they just lost. Well, they signed three linemen, one from Missouri State, <laughs> one from Utah State, and one from Utah. So it's not as, like, as if there were six uh, five-star offensive tackles that everybody recruited that jumped into the portal and there were a bunch of options. The options are limited, man. And your chance, mm-hmm. if you lose a really, really good player, what is your chance of going into the portal oh, and replacing him not with good. the same caliber? Not good. Terrible. Not good at I all. Know. Campbell and yeah. Clark Barrington on their way to BYU, and then BYU goes out and does a good job bringing guys in. You know what? I, I, I'm so just fascinated with the overall thought on the portal and, and just in trying to, I don't know if the term would be police it better but what's the next step that needs to happen here, Lugs? Are we good with kind of the way it's rolling? Do we just accept this as the new normal? Or does there need to be, I use the term legislation, more rules in place here? Well, the pro- here's the issue. The biggest issue in all of this is tampering. You can't police it. You can't enforce it because everybody's washing their hands of it. All right. So how, how are you supposed to who, – who's going around and policing – coaches from staffs talking to kids on other teams who haven't entered into the portal. Right. Right. And then that kid goes into the portal and 24 hours later, he's committed to a school mm-hmm. before he's ever taken a visit. Right. Before he's ever gone out and seen what's out there. Right. Those guys know the, the tampered guys know where they're going. They know beforehand. And those are the ones that are established dudes. Like they're, they're targeted. I think one of the obviously the two the two windows in the mm-hmm. spring and 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 late fall early winter had to happen should have happened in the beginning okay but the first one does not need to be 45 days too long it just doesn't yeah you're going to go in there you're going to know within 72 hours if anybody cares about you right the, listen i i have a i have a deal on my computer here through our uh, player personnel uh, group uh, the uc report it gives me my report every single morning of who entered into the portal. So every team in America is going to know who's in there at any given moment at all times. And if you're sitting there floating around in that portal for a week and your phone's not ringing, why do you need 45 days? Why does right. anybody need 45 days? You know you're not going anywhere. Or you need a lot of help. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, or you're going to walk on somewhere or you're going to transfer down right? Which was not your intention of getting into the portal, right? But now you're left with no choice because most of these coaches now are saying, listen, we'll help you move on. But if you go and get in that portal, you're not coming back here. So Steve Sarkeesian Got theory. A, I was, oh, hold on, Plank. There you go. Steve Sarkeesian theory, right? Hey, go in the portal. It's fine. It's your decision. Once you go in, you ain't come back, right? That's kind of been his theory. I don't, um, I, I, I don't know if that's kind of universal for most people, I kind of feel like that's not necessarily the case at OU. But I feel like a majority of the guys that left for the portal, maybe outside of one or two, were there because, I don't know, Josh, maybe they were encouraged to. That's the great trade-off in all of this. That's the great trade-off that has become challenging. And the Colorado situation is the best example. Everyone wants to cry foul because – you know, go go listen to an NFL person try to talk about the college system. Watch Mike Florio write about all oh, these these poor kids are so taken advantage of. And to a certain degree, 
that's been the case, right? But they've always been secure in that, you know, for the most, their scholarship's going to be there. And now you're in a situation where you get all this freedom, at least for one time until after you graduate, and apparently you can transfer as many times as you want as a grad transfer. Uh, at least that's what it seems like with JT Daniels. Holy smokes. And how many degrees does that man have now? But you trade off a certain sense of security for your freedom to be able to go wherever you want one time, but then there's not a guarantee that they're going to want you back. And for some of these guys, the quote-unquote runoffs, if you will, that's the term that's being used, it's – I keep waiting for that other side, and I think we've started to see it a lot with the Colorado situation, Josh, where where people are looking at it and saying, whoa, wait a minute here. How, can, how dare he do that? And the counter is, a dude can throw his name in the portal without ever telling a coach either. So I, I am fascinated by how the Colorado situation has opened everyone's eyes to the other side of the greatness of the transfer portal. And it's been going on for three years. This isn't anything new. Coaches and administrators figure this out pretty quick. Hey, you got your freedom, but guess what? I can tell you, you need to get out of here, too. In the kindest way possible. Well, as soon as you enter the portal. Mm-hmm. Then, or, or even to be encouraged to enter the portal sure, is more my point. It, it, it's created an avenue to more easily... Purge your roster, man. Sure. Though Colorado might morph itself into the best example of when the portal goes wrong for roster restructuring... It's uh, as Lugs was talking about it. It's a a borderline disaster, right? At Colorado right now. I mean, you might feel however you want to feel about what was currently on campus, but there's value in having 85 scholarship players. Mm-hmm. And when all of a sudden, Plank, you've got 35 scholarship players or whatever right. the number is, guys get hurt. It's football. I mean, what what are you going to be playing a bunch of walk-ons up at Colorado? It's uh, it's just crazy what's gone on up there. And and to his point about why would you not figure it out in 72 hours? Well, Lugs, you're talking about 18 to 23-year-old young people. I mean, they don't have the perception and perspective of what's going on. And in a lot of cases, probably don't have the guiding forces in the transfer portal. Yeah. There, there almost needs to be, I don't know, like, 25, uh, you know, uh, what what is it? Uh, what is it at college? You've got, uh, you know, career advisors. You almost need like 35 uh, career advisors in the transfer portal to say, well, eh, a phone hasn't rang in 72 hours. Might be time to see if you can go back. I have a wild idea. I have a wild idea. I want to I want to pose it to you next, and maybe it's in place. Uh, I spent. I mentioned I spent a lot of time watching trash TV. While watching trash TV after the games last night, there's work that's put in for this show. And I, in the middle of a 1994 episode of Cops on Pluto TV, I started digging into a role. And again, what's the most expensive part of any business? Any guesses? Any guesses? It's personnel. Personnel is the most expensive part of any business. The people. The people are what ends up costing you the most, which is why you're starting to see chat GPT and why you're starting to see – why you've seen for 
decades and decades, automation and radio. iHeart, Clear Channel, not name every radio company out there, they realize cost-cutting. We can make as much money by having, you know, Lynn Hernandez be a DJ in Tulsa and Dallas and here. And sure, it's it's safe. So personnel, but this is a personnel ad that I think, I think would be necessary for college football. And I don't think you need a lot of them, but I think you need a handful of people that it's their sole responsibility. And we'll talk about it next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. 405-651-3439. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Knippelmeyer.com. Check them out today. Good response to the Lugs conversation. This, I like it when something actually like like clicks. <laughs> And people are engaged. <laughs> engaged, unlike my draft talk to where you're like, oh, gosh. And what do you guys think is going to happen? Uh, crickets. Nothing. I don't <laughs> Dude, the draft is going to happen on Thursday. Calm ah, down. Ah, whatever. Wake me up when the Sooners get drafted. Can I tell you something? I went back and did my little fine-tooth comb over the Oklahoma Sooner draft, Josh Helmer. Yes. I kind of like where all our dudes landed. I really do. What, uh, matter of fact, I've got a... Go locked ahead. On, locked on Giants hit today. Pre-recorded oh, tape deal at 2 o'clock. Talking about Eric Gray. That's right. Well, what what should I say? Just generally speaking, here's some of my thoughts. Um, Breakout season last year. Right. Fans were waiting on it. He delivered. Right. Um, he feels like his ability to catch the football out of the backfield is what's basically going to give him a, a career in the National Football League. And we f- we think it's a good landing spot. But what else, what what else should I uh, touch on? I would say it's a good landing spot based on the fact that your running back depth chart has a Saquon Barkley, who has not been able to outside of last year stay healthy, uh, and then basically Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, Jashawn Corbin, and Eric Gray. So. I, I would say what New York has in its backfield lends itself to giving Eric Gray an opportunity. I think the dude's incredibly durable. I mean, I can I can only think of really what one situation when he was off the field for an extended amount of time last year, and that was the Iowa State game mm-hmm. when he was in the injury tent forever, just getting stretched out, as he said. So, in fact – Eric Gray was in the injury tent so long that I thought he had slipped out the backside of the injury tent. I'm not even kidding. You're like, I'm like there's he's no snuck way away he's, somewhere. There's no way he's still in there. It's one of those moments, and that did happen to me against TCU. Whenever Billy Bowman went into the injury tent at TCU, I was standing behind it, and the helmet that was outside had a nine on it. And I remember going, I, I think Brayden Willis is in here. And Gabe goes, I'm standing next to Brain. I'm like, well, the number nine helmet is outside of the <laughs> the injury tent. And, and, and someone must have – and I guess Billy Bowman was wearing the number nine helmet because he was, what, five at the time, and now he's number two or number one or maybe he's zero now. Everyone's number changes. Confuse me. But the point is, uh, getting back to the original point before I took us off-road, dude was durable. And, Josh, it's one of the great – I know there's a certain couple of fans in the text line, the Knippelmeyer Chevy text line, that get angry at me, at me about this. But it's still a two for Billy Bowman this year. Thank you, Josh. It's still one of the top ten individual rushing seasons in the history of Oklahoma sure. State football. 
the guy a slot ahead of him from a different era, won the Heisman Trophy. So if I'm talking to somebody about what Eric Gray could mean to the Giants, I would say as long as he does what he did in college, which is stay healthy, I think he's got a I think he's got the making of does a third down back even exist in the league anymore? I think it does. But sure it does. he's got a great chance to be a true, I think, number two. I don't know. Pass protection, what do we think? He's really good at it. Uh and, and here's the term that DeMarco Murray used nonstop, called him a pro. His his in uh, Brent Venables too. He had a professional approach. Yeah. That's what I would say if I was going on. Locked on Giants. And don't you think I should offer my condolences, though, too, for Daniel Jones? Sorry about that long-term deal that you guys just signed with your quarterback that stinks. But good luck with that. (laughs) It's cool. I mean, I lived through Brody Croyle, so I know know how you feel. Dude, I am – I got to tell you something. As a new Saints fan, kind of like what New Orleans has been doing over the last few weeks. Really like what New Orleans is doing. All right, uh, I, I mentioned that you guys were uh, clicking on the text line, so let's hit it. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Or, or you can hit us up at Twitter or on Twitter at Plank Show. That's me. He's at Josh on Ref, and everybody should be following us at KREF Sports. Uh, let's hit some of these good ones on the transfer portal and the conversation. Because I owe you, I've got to pay off my tees here in a second on a on a position that I think is necessary. Uh, Broken Arrow Fat Boy writes: If a player's if a player enters the transfer portal, which was essentially quitting on that team, why in the world would that team ever be interested in taking him back? Let me give you an example. Can I give an example of you that? You may. Jackson Arnold has a fantastic. Sophomore season. Goes our first year. Leads the country in passing, touchdowns. Oklahoma wins its first season of the SEC. Wins a division title. But that leads to Jeff Flebby taking a head coach's job somewhere. Jackson Arnold enters the portal just to see what his options are. You telling me you wouldn't take him back? Caleb Williams, he went in the portal. Telling me that oh, that you wouldn't have taken him back? Oh, I mean, we had Caleb Williams watch right here for a month. Yeah. So hoping that he would come back. I, I I think in certain instances, depending on the way you enter said portal, it's a case-by-case situation. I don't think that there should be a blanket rule. Now, a coach might disagree and say, I need to know my roster numbers. If you're in that portal, to me, I agree with Broken Arrow Fat Boy. You're out. You're dead to me. But – I always go back to the great Jimmy Johnson story, right? Remember when Jimmy Johnson first got – well, I'm really going back now. When Jimmy Johnson, the guy you see on Fox now, right, he used to be a really, really good head coach. And he led the Cowboys to countless Super Bowls. But one of the the long-lasting Jimmy Johnson stories is in one of his very first meetings, he caught a dude falling asleep. (laughs) Right. And what did he do to that guy? He caught him. In fact, cut him on the spot. We're not going to have that. And someone said, well, what if Troy Aikman would have fallen asleep during a meeting? What if Emmett Smith would have fallen asleep during a meeting? What would you do then? And Jimmy Johnson said, I would have walked over and be like, hey, Troy, wake up. Wake up, Troy. There's different rules for different people, right? There's yeah. different ways to feel. So I don't think there can be this blanket, oh, if you do this, you're dead to me and you're out of here. Yeah, I mean, if it's a 
starting caliber player for you, yeah. they're, they're probably going to get welcomed back. And, and that is uh, the reality of the situation, right? If you are not within that too deep, then probably, yeah, it is. Hey, sorry, we don't have, we don't have that spot for you anymore. Yeah, exactly. But I do think there's a layer of integrity involved, Plank, that could – I can see the argument for, well, the intention here was to allow players some level of freedom. Uh-huh. And I think coaches should, to a degree when they can, honor that. Not just kick somebody down the road and say, hey, you're garbage, see you later. I mean, there's – Brent Venables, when he took this gig, Plank, mm-hmm. one thing he talked about is this is relational, it's not transactional. And when you are the opposite way, like Sarkeesian to me, that's transactional. I get it. I understand it. I don't totally disagree with it. But I do see – I do see an argument for the opposite. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Jeff in the DFW. Ooh. So we've got Jim in Arlington and Jeff in the DFW. Y'all should get together and hang out. Though, by the way, um, you might be four miles from each other but could end up waiting in traffic for 30 minutes to get there. Hasn't OU said they're going to start making freshmen take a class about NIL and transfers? I, I think I think that's been ongoing for a while. I think it's part of their onboarding. Isn't that the term you used yesterday? My gosh, I love that term. Onboarding. By the way, I wanted to make myself available. Just speaking of onboarding. If the new rivals are now on three or even who's the other one that I'm leaving out? Twenty four seven sports. If if y'all would like to become regular parts of this year very radio program, both Josh and I We'll accept free memberships as as a way to help sure. kind of yeah. you know Drive push traffic. things along here. But I'm just saying it's it's whoever gets in here first. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll support all y'all. But I I think I think it's hard also to teach that class because it's constantly evolving. And I mean, who teaches it? You know, welcome to transfer 101. You know, I'm. So and so, and you get this whole class, and then you go, and your coach has a completely different mindset than that. I will say, I've never seen more training than people have to go through whenever it comes to things like this understanding NIL, understanding uh, the transfer process, uh, the 405 rights. I thought we called it processing. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, there's, there's obviously a, the processing that's involved in it. But I just I feel like it's something we're all learning a lot more about on a consistent basis. If you enter, this is from Sean, if you enter the portal to check your economic options as opposed to playing options, I'm done with you regardless. That's the old Lane Kiffin idea, right? Lane Kiffin said, uh, Lane Kiffin said, if I was Bryce Young, I'd enter the portal right now to see how much money I can make. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, that's a good, a good exactly. advice. I mean, come on, man. I, I'd be, I think it'd be hard for me, too, if I was in that position and you, you have people blowing you up. It's like, man, you're getting the portal. There's $600,000 for you out there. No doubt. And, and you've, at that point, worked, what, seven, eight years minimum of your sure. life training for that type of opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And in many cases, more than that. Exactly. All right, quick break. Um, when we come back, I want I, I I teased this position that I think every school needs. 
but I didn't get to it. So let's start the next segment with it and see if you guys just absolutely swat it like Matumbo next on the ref. So here's here's one fix that I think needs to happen. And again, this isn't necessarily a show about the portal. It's just we had Tom Luke and Bill on, and it's kind of become that, right? I worked with Luke's yesterday, and he's become uh, kind of a portal expert, if you will. When the portal don. The portal don, and it's been interesting to work with him the last few days. Um, but I do think that there needs to be within either the NCAA or I, – and I don't think it can be related to schools. I think it should be at either the conference level or at the NCAA level. And I honestly think it would make more sense and probably be easier to manage at a conference level. They need a portal advisory committee. Um, you have the in, you have the NFL advisory board, and that's independent of the NCAA, and that's an NFL thing. And you submit, hey, I, my name. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about going to the NFL draft. Where will I get drafted? I think if you're thinking about jumping in the portal, but you're you're kind of torn on it, and you're not being forced into the portal, <laughs> then. I feel like there should be a portal advisory board. And by everyone loves to call something a board, maybe two two to three people, right? Or a committee, if that'll make it, or a subcommittee, whatever term you wouldn't want to use. And at the conference level, well, I mean, come on, man, all these millions now that these conferences are making on their TV deals, the Big 12, the Pac-12. Yeah, it's, it's chump change to pay a couple hundred thousand to, sure. to have a good committee. Yeah, have a, have a good group. And maybe it's even someone that's already within. And a player can submit their name and get an idea of what the interest level would be. And you don't have to say it could be as simple as you know, power five interest, group of five starter, Dropping down to FCS, right? And you could have these different degrees. Like the NFL, they've constantly evaluated what the um, what the NFL is. The NFL is first round, day two, day three, is what I think the NFL is now. I mean, why not? So, how about you just do this? I'm all ears. This is very much a workshopped idea. Get rid of the committee. Okay. Give coaches the uh, ability to assign a grade to a player when they enter the portal. Let head coaches anonymously. Right. Okay, is this a Power 5 superstar, Power 5 starter, Power 5 depth piece, group of five starter, Group of five depth piece, FCS. Yeah, I mean, just let them let – them. I do worry, though, that it has to be independent of someone who might be um, – Trying dis- to abuse the system. Are, are disappointed that someone's in the portal. It's like, he went in the portal, he didn't tell me, I'm going to dump all over him. That That's the only worry. I like the idea. Well, don't let coaches vote for players that just left their school. <laughs> okay. In other words, they're part of this pro- – now, coaches don't have a lot of time. Um, their schedules are pretty crazy anyway. Yeah, but a recruiting coordinator definitely could. Could really help. I don't know. I just – I don't know. Luganville said something else that's really stayed with me, and I, and I know when the salaries are out there like they are for coaches, nobody has any sympathy for them. And I'm not sitting here trying to play the small violin, but you are 
in the middle of a season and you have a signing day that's right after you would play a conference championship, which is also in the same time when a portal uh, is open. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of balls in the air, so to speak. I don't know how you manage it all, but just an idea. Hey, have someone who is independent of them or maybe other coaches that allow these guys to know, am I Am I doing this to where it's truly going to be a grass is greener if I'm not forced into the portal? I mean, if a coach says, you're not going to play here. And in all, in all honesty, I'm you just you don't have a spot, man. I'm sorry. You you got to you got to put your name in the portal and get out of here. Some people might do that. Others might say, "No, I'm staying, coach." And you're like, "Dang it." Cuz I don't think you could forcibly remove him. <laughs> Pick him up. It's like, no, you're out of here. Scholarship's gone. <laughs> but I will say it's going to be it's, it's going to be interesting to see the best way to try to combat some of these just massive amounts of names that are out there that now have nowhere to go. Not everyone is a rock star. And I know that's, who, that's the only people we compare ourselves with. I will say I, top five stories of the day coming up brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Big story number one. Of all the defensive players that have gone in the portal for the Sooners, who had Jaden Davis with the best landing spot in all of them, right? I mean, he ends up in Miami. And I know Miami stunk last year, but still, that's an ACC school. Outside of Latrell McCutcheon going to USC last year. Well, and they expect him to play. Miami does. Yeah, he's coming in to start. So my, my point is, if if you're looking at a situation where, hey, remember – Remember, the coaches could tell guys they need to go in the portal. I agree. But I do feel like more often than not, it's guys making that decision, and more often than not, it's not worked out. Who's Who'd went in the other day that I saw? You just scrolled by him. Yeah, a, a Jamarian Brent, a Burt went in the portal. Damon Harmon. So oh, I didn't see Damon Harmon went in the portal. Damon Harmon and Jamarian Burt. So those were the two defensive backs that went in uh, – most recently, Colin Montgomery, we talked about, uh, went into the portal. I'm trying. Let's see here. I, I mean, Jaden Davis, uh, he'd been in there for a minute, right? Because, well, not too long. Because he put in the week of the spring game. So, based on initial stars, uh huh. Bryson Washington was some, but I mean, he just didn't play here. So, I mean, to me, unless I'm missing somebody, Jaden Davis uh, is the name that. You looked at and you said, "Okay, well, you know, this this is somebody pretty decent that's going into the portal." Can I um? Can you scroll down a little bit on yeah. that? Who is that guy? Davion Woolen? <laughs> I don't know. Are they sure they didn't put someone with the wrong school? <laughs> I've never heard of that dude before in my life. Was this like a walk on? I guess it had to be. Boy, whatever that link is, that's awesome. Who is yeah, that walk on? Ooh, I like that. All right, um, anyway, that's just my idea. That's my vision for what can help this process. Have a have a at the conference level, you have an advisory board for these players. All you got to do all sports. It can't just be football. You got basketball and softball. So maybe it's a in baseball, 3 to 5 to 6 to 7 person committee and you help these young men and women better understand what their possibilities look like in the portal. Unless they're told to get there. Quick break. We're back to put a wrap on hour two next. It's the wrap. Sorry, I'm doing arts and crafts in here during the show. It's a plank show right here on the home of Sooner fans. The the ref. Um, 
For the 405, real quick, off the Ken Nippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Top five stories today coming up next. Uh, the 405 writes, I would love to know the percentage of kids that went to multiple high schools that eventually end up in the transfer portal. My man, I love that study. I did, And by the way, speaking of that, uh, congratulations to my man who is at Caden Jones, who is off to Jinx for his final two seasons of college football. I'm a big, big Kiwan Jones fan. His wife was one of my favorite MMA fighters of all time. Um, so congratulations to him. But I, I, I think that's an interesting angle. That would be one heck of a study to dive into. Uh, and then B.A. Fatboy is really fired up about this. I love to see it. He writes, with the case of Colorado and the NCAA, with the case of Colorado, the NCAA needs to enact rules that if the coach kicks a guy off the team, force him into the portal, a school should lose that scholarship until the duration of what the player had left. So if they were a sophomore, they lose the scholarship for three years. I don't mind that idea. But, again, when you take over a new program, you know, think about how that would have – but, again, I don't understand what's going on behind the scenes at Oklahoma. Maybe maybe Brent Venables isn't telling guys, hey, you're probably better off in the portal. Yeah. So, I you don't know. I think I don't it's know. one thing to tell somebody, hey, you're not going to play here. Not the worst idea to explore your options. I don't think you should be outright able to just basically yank somebody's scholarship. Sure. Exactly. All right, quick break. When do we come back? A lot going on in the world of sports. So let's hit our top five stories of the day. Uh, those were the last two texts that came in. They were really good. So we've got a backlog I need to catch up on right here on The Ref.